You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to In a Perfect World. We all want our cats to be well-trained, but there's not a lot of help out there about how we're supposed to do that. Because what people try to do with dogs doesn't work at all. So today we will be talking about training and communication and how, when it comes to cats, it's really the same thing. I'm Pamela Merritt from The Way of Cats. I've been training cats for three decades. One of my greatest challenges in the cat advice field is getting past the conception people have that cats are not trainable. Many people accept or even celebrate the fact that cats do what they want, and part of loving a cat is letting them. I'm not even saying that isn't true, because it is. But cats can be more flexible than that. We can be more understanding than that. Constructing a cat care routine through cat negotiation creates a situation in which both of us are happier and experience less stress. That is a worthy goal to go for. Many people think training is about giving commands and that when the commands are not obeyed, this calls for using punishment or, or some kind of aversive response. People will persist with this same plan even when it repeatedly doesn't work because the mere fact that this process has been repeated somehow convinces them that the other party knows what they are supposed to do. And then somehow the only reason that other party is not doing what they have been repeatedly told to do has to be deliberate refusal on their part. If we think we are dealing with malice or rebelliousness or stubbornness, then we wind up in what I call an imposing the will situation. When we think the problem is that we are not imposing our will enough. And then our only response to any setback becomes the same thing, only harder. This cycle of continually repeating what didn't work before gets stuck in our heads because we don't realize that is what we are doing. It looks like we are trying a lot of different things, even though we are not. We think it's different because we are now giving the commands in a louder voice or using simpler words. We think it's different because the aversive behavior we respond with might vary. But it's not. It's still giving a command and then giving a punishment. Let's face it, we can't reliably use this tactic for something as simple as opening jars. Sometimes the only way to open the jar is not the same thing, only harder. Sometimes the way to open that jar is to run the lid under some hot water. Consider the example of boot camp in military service. We take adult human beings and put them in a situation where they know their job is to listen to the other adult human beings and do what they are told. They understand the language. They come from the same nation and thus share an overall culture. They deliberated over their choice and volunteered to do this. They are getting paid. This is now their job. But wait, there's more. This basic training takes place with experienced teachers who have spent years learning exactly how to do this in an environment which has been designed to help them perform this task with cues like uniforms and rule books and fellow trainees to guide and explain and instruct. And yet, with all these advantages of clarity and similarity and expectations and informed consent and financial remuneration, streamlining this process, it takes six intensive weeks to reliably get orders and compliance lined up in ways 
that lets young adult humans become ready to start their military career. Keeping this example in mind, how well do we think this giving orders template is going to work when we bring home a tiny little kitten who is an entirely different species, who doesn't know our language yet, who doesn't obey their own mother that well, who has possibly the shortest attention span of any multicellular life form on the planet? Good luck with that! To successfully train our cat, our goal is to provide for their needs. Once that is properly handled, everything else is a matter of personal preference and then a negotiation. We advance our affection and our happy negotiations together and at the same time. We do all this through communication. People get hung up on the concept that they are supposed to order their pets around. This has several misconceptions to it. One is that pets are somehow inferior and so are supposed to obey. You will not get a cat to agree to that. Cats feel they are the equal of any other being on earth. At the very least, they should be treated as an equal. After all, they have feelings and thoughts just like us. This equality concept of cat relationship was something I found very easy to grasp. I like treating my cats as though their wishes mattered because I quickly discovered that when I did so, my cats would act like my wishes mattered. And so we could easily enter into agreements of mutual benefit. I asked them to stay off certain bookcases, and they asked me to let them know what bookcases they could climb. I realize this is a radical approach for some people to grasp. From experience, I know that such an attitude leads to the position that these bookcases are for humans only. Cats are not supposed to climb anything. But that doesn't make any sense. A cat is a creature who climbs. It's like getting a goldfish and complaining it doesn't fetch. No, it doesn't. It's a fish. Do we get a dog and then complain when they don't ride a tricycle like a chimpanzee? For some reason, cats are never, ever seen as themselves. Probably because many people don't know what that is. So many times I've heard, Oh, my cat is not like a cat at all. He's like a dog. He's affectionate. He comes when he's called. He greets visitors. Yes, I know. I have a cat like that, too. Guess what? That's a cat! For instance, my cat, Reverend Jim, started playing in the same room I was recording in, and here was my response to that. RJ, pick a spot. Pick a spot and stay there. You could pick the chair. You just need to pick a spot. Good boy, I'm recording. Good boy, I'm recording. Let me get this done. Good boy. Notice how my tone is very calm and I'm simply conveying information to him. It's not that Reverend Jim was doing anything wrong. It's that playing in the room while I'm trying to record was something that normally he's learned not to do. But in this instance, it's been a while. He's also excited to be with me and he began playing, which is not a bad thing. What I had to explain to him is that it's good for him to play, but right now I'm using the room. This is how I make requests of all my cats. I explain the situation, I explain what I'd like them to do, and when they do respond properly, I fuss over them and make happy sounds and pet them. All of this is a far more positive way of letting our cats know what we would like and what we wouldn't like. It's called positive discipline, and it works wonders with cats. 
the first step in training is making sure all of our cat's needs are met. Get my all-in-one cat care problem-solving guide, Cat 911, available on wayofcats.com and as a Kindle book on Amazon. Don't go away. I'll be back with more in a perfect world. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. Molly, here's your dinner. (coughs) Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your Cat Tree Tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. And we're back talking about how cat training is really not training at all. What is positive discipline? Well, it's the opposite. We should think of ways to make our cats feel happy, and then they will associate this happiness with the behavior we want to encourage. I do this first by letting my cats know what I expect of them. Like when I was telling RJ, pick a spot. This is a phrase he knows. It means, I would like him to settle down. I'm busy right now. If he wants to be with me, he needs to pick a spot to settle. Now, if RJ has an overwhelming need, there's no food in the dish, or something has fallen over, or something that he has taken responsibility for in the house is messed up, then RJ won't be able to settle and pick a spot to settle in. RJ will continue to ask for attention. I train this by saying to them, pick a spot while I put them in a place I know they like to be. A favorite corner of the couch, in RJ's case, a favorite chair. This lets them know what I'm asking is for them to settle into their spot, and if that is what they are in the mood for, that is what they will do. The sweet voice and the gently repeated action is how our cats associate the behavior we want with the phrase we use. I use the same phrase every time. I put them in their same spots every time because I also observe them and know their favorites. So this is how I can communicate with my cat that I'm busy in the room, but they are welcome to come in if they are quiet and just want to hang out, which cats like to do most of the time. I say pick a spot, they do, I go on with what I'm doing, and they're happy because they have gotten what they want too. I think of training as communication because my cat interactions are me expressing my wishes and my cats expressing their wishes and us working together to make them come true. Sometimes both parties have to figure out what those wishes are. When Tristan was an adolescent kitten, All he knew was that he had a lot of play energy to expend. It was our human job to get him a cat tree to help him out with that. Then we were both happy. When we better understand our cat's needs, 
we create items and routines which channel our cat's drives in ways we both find enjoyable. We don't have to train our cat to use their litter box. We need to place their box in a good spot and clean it conscientiously. Then our cat's own instincts will urge them to use this clean, safe box for their bathroom needs. That's a lot easier than housebreaking a puppy, isn't it? This is how our cat's instincts can work with us and make our training rather minimal. When we have a kitten playing with the wires under the computer desk, we fish them out and give them toys which have thick, stringy elements that are safe to play with. The kitten has instincts about what to play with, and we can't remove them from the cat. But we can meet those drives in safe ways. When we do that, neither of us becomes upset and exasperated, and our relationship stays happy and unstressed. This is a common problem when people try to train the wrong way. They think training is telling the cat what not to do. But cats of any age do not think in such terms. They obey the urgings of their instincts because that is how they stay alive and well in the natural world. They cannot turn that off. They must listen. So if our cat is playing with something they shouldn't be, we can't stop them. We can give them something else to play with. If our cat is not using their litter box, it's because there's something wrong with the box or something medically wrong with them. If our cat is playing with something we don't want them to, we need to give them that same thing to play with in another way. We can never just say to our cat, stop that, because always our cat is expressing a need. They can't say no to their needs any more than we can say no to ours. This is why cats are considered to be rebellious and stubborn and untrainable. But it's not their fault. And it's not even the human's fault. It's a lack of understanding how cats work. Our Reverend Jim is a sweet boy who wants nothing more than to please us. When he was about a year old, he got into blind cords. It was summer, and the windows were open, and in the breeze, one of those blind cords would wiggle, and he couldn't help going after them. Obviously, I don't want him playing with the blind cords. He can pull down the blinds, he can jam up the mechanisms, he can tangle a foot in there and hurt himself. After a few times of offering him other toys, I realized there was something about the blind cords that his other toys didn't have. So I did the only thing I could. I gave him a blind cord. Not a real blind cord, but a nice thick cord which I hung on the cat tree. It waved in the breeze. It had the snaky qualities he was looking for. When he played with this blind cord, he got praise and treats. So he stopped playing with the other blind cords. In about a month, RJ got over his obsession with blind cords, and he hasn't touched one since. I took the play blind cord down, and I've still got it, in case we get another cat who has a thing for blind cords. This is the best way to train cats, and in fact, it's the only way. It's a concept I call redirection. It's a principle of physics that energy cannot be extinguished. It can only change its form. I could not convince RJ he didn't want to play with the blind cord. In fact, when I scolded him for doing it, he looked at me helplessly. I'm sorry, I can't help it, was written all over his face. He was distressed about upsetting me and for doing something wrong. But his instincts were urging him to attack and kill that snake. And when I say I scolded him for it, I did it very gently with disapproval. Just saying, RJ, leave the blind cords alone, in a sad voice, 
was enough to get his apologetic reaction. We can't yell or throw things or, heaven forbid, hit our cat. Because then all our cat is thinking about is how unpredictably crazy we can be. That hurts our relationship. That doesn't do a thing to keep our cats away from blind cords, either. All it does is make sure they will play with the blind cords when we aren't in the room. Imagine we're hard at work, sitting at our desk, and a wasp keeps dive-bombing us. It doesn't matter if our boss comes in and tells us to keep working. It doesn't matter if our mother comes in and tells us to sit quietly at our desk. We can't do that. We have to bat away at the wasp and keep it away from us. That's our self-preservation instincts at work. And those same instincts works in our cat those exact same ways. They can't be argued with. They can only be worked with. When I discuss cat problems with people, training issues rarely wind up to be about training the cat. Most of the time, what I need to do is train the people. And it's not their fault. People learn all kinds of wrong things about training dogs, and dogs and people muddle through anyway. A lot of folks just wind up letting the cat do whatever they want, and this works more or less for the cat, and somewhat for the people. But people and cats will develop a deeper and happier relationship when they are both getting what they want. This is what cat training comes down to, getting our cat's needs met in a way we don't mind providing our cat expressing their instincts in a way which keeps them happy and out of trouble. By taking the stress out of the relationship, we are both free to express the affection and interaction, which is what having a pet is all about. Training our cats is really about caring for them and communicating with them. But we can't get to that until their needs are met. Try my all-in-one cat care problem-solving guide, Cat911, available on wayofcats.com, and as a Kindle book on Amazon. Hang in there. I have more to say about training in a perfect world. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. I love cleaning the litter box, said no one ever. Luckily, there's World's Best Cat Litter, the litter that promises less mess with less litter. Only World's Best Cat Litter uses the concentrated power of corn to quickly trap odors in tight clumps. And quick clumping means you never have to chisel or scrape the box. Less cleanup with less wasted litter? That's a litter bit amazing. Save $2 on World's Best Cat Litter. Visit www.saveonworldsbest.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Pet Thanks for joining us again as I explain the final piece of the training puzzle. So if communication is so important, how do we accomplish it? I'm happy to report that it is both fun and easy. We talk to our cats. And we subtitle. What I call subtitling is how we speak to our cats while making a point of using body language, which is a cat's first language. Kittens and their mothers use sound to stay in touch, but most of the time, cats communicate with body language. Once we learn it, we can do that too. If we are expressive with our tone, our facial expressions, and our gestures, our cats will learn to associate what we say with what we mean. I have found them to be rather talented at putting all these clues together. 
We can use something as simple as our tone of voice to let our cats know if we are happy or not. If we have a close relationship, our attitude will have a great influence on their behavior. It's often said that cats do not understand guilt, while dogs do. People base this on the fact that if they come into a room and ask, who tore up this magazine? The dog always looks guilty. Well, I've had three dogs at a time, and I can state that if you say anything in an accusing tone, every dog in the vicinity will look guilty. That is what they do. On the other hand, we can make our cat feel badly about disappointing us, and that's close enough to guilt for us to work with. However, we cannot generate this feeling in our cats from scratch. It must have a foundation of mutual affection and regard. In short, we can convey our feelings to our cat with a simple tone or by exaggerating our body language. But our cats need to love us in order to care what we think and feel. Once they do care, however, they are the easiest of all pets to train. I say this as someone who has had dogs, parrots, rabbits, tropical fish, and a monkey. Cats are the easiest, hands down. We can switch our cats' attentions, as I did with RJ and the blind cord. We can let our cats know what we want by helping them associate an action with a phrase we use. I am very fond of the phrase, show me. Because if I don't know what the cat wants, we will have a very frustrating time of it. The cat won't leave me alone because the cat is not getting what they need. So I teach them what to do when I use the phrase, show me. First, I stand up. This is a very powerful signal. I put my attention on the cat. They can feel this from across the room. They can see that I'm ready to go somewhere. Most cats will start twirling or looking around at this point, and I move towards them. This encourages the cat to move towards what they want. When I follow, we have a completed circuit. If we have ever followed a cat somewhere, we know that they look over their shoulder. They want to know, are we still paying attention? They want us to follow. This is how they are going to show us what they want. Oh my, that dish is empty. Dear me, the litter box does need attention. Oh, so you want to play, do you? And we both get what we want. This is the vital first step. We show the cat we care about their needs. Then, when we convey that we want the cat to care about our needs, Hey, not now. Thank you, Olwyn. Thank you, Pumpkin. Well, that's a good girl scratching. That's a good girl scratching, just not now. Good girl. Good girl, Pumpkin. Good girl. That was Olwyn scratching her scratching post, which is a good girl thing to do, but not while I'm recording which is why I had to reassure her and tell her what a good girl she is, especially since she was hurt. She, she's supposed to scratch the scratching post, right? But Olwyn is usually not in here with the rowdy boys while I'm doing my podcast. So she is not as good as the others when it comes to knowing what is expected of her. But she's certainly learning, and I certainly don't want to hurt her feelings or make her think what she did was wrong which was why I reassured her and why I'm just leaving it in the podcast. I don't know what it is about training is communication, but all the cats seemingly want to join in. And we both get what we want. This is the vital first step. We show the cat we care about their needs. Then, when we convey that we want the cat to care about our needs, they don't have to understand them. 
They just need to want to please us. We need to remember that our cat lives in our world, in our home. They don't completely understand how it all works. They are smart enough to know that. So when we establish ourselves as beings who care about their well-being, our cats will listen to us. We are looking out for them when we act frightened or worried or disappointed. We love them. We don't want them to get hurt. We don't want them to get in trouble. And they don't either. Like RJ with the blind cord, they can't help doing what they do. Most of the time, they would love to meet that need in a way which makes both of us happy. They welcome our help in doing that. Cats have strong, deep feelings, and when we are unhappy, they are unhappy. And when it is them we are unhappy about, they are twice as unhappy. So, by using our tone of voice and conveying our emotions with it, we have the ability to let our cats know how we would like them to behave. And by paying attention, we can find out if that works for them. Cats can't help doing what they do. But most of the time, they are happy to do it some other way which pleases us. We just need to let them know what that other way is. It could be a new toy. While we frown and make scary movements at what they thought was a toy, but actually is not. Are they always dragging food out of their dish? Maybe they are asking for a quieter, more comfortable dining room. Is the cat just asking for attention? Well, why don't we give them some? Because that's a need too. And one day, it will be us who wants it from them. When our cats know their signals are being heard, they will try all the harder to give them out and make sure we understand what they are saying. My cats will hover in my eye line to get my attention. They will jump up beside me, or try to. Tristan will wave a paw, RJ will make little chipmunk noises, and James will poke his head into my lap. If I then say, what do you want, and they move away, they want to show me. And I'm thrilled. I really am. Because there is nothing more frustrating than knowing something is asked of us and us not knowing what that is. And when I need quiet for a project and want to be left alone, I signal this beforehand. I put out treats. I set up my microphone stand. I let everyone make their wishes known while I get ready. Because they know by being escorted out of the room, that if I say I'm recording, they have to pick a spot and stay there quietly. Or they can't be part of the exciting activity I'm doing. And cats do love being part of an exciting activity. My cats and I are friends. We love doing fun things together. We just need to tell each other our needs. Just like I know what snacks my other friends like on kayak trips or what kind of movies they like to watch. We can have this same kind of closeness and a real friendship with our pet cats, which is just one reason why I love cats so much. For help picking the right cat, listen to my podcast number three, Cat Types. For more about proper training, hear podcast number four, No Bad Cats. I hope these training techniques will inspire you to get a dialogue going with your own cats. To make sure we are meeting their needs, Check out my all-in-one cat care problem-solving guide, Cat 911, available on wayofcats.com and as a Kindle book on Amazon. Thanks for tuning in. Come back next time. I have a lot more to talk about in a perfect world. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand. 
only on PetLifeRadio.com.